Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Breaking, this is a Weed and Grub news special. Yeah, I was trying to come up with a breaking buds or like, you know, something on a play of breaking news, but that mm. would fit our brand. Right. And uh, I smoked on it. Uh-huh. Couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> Not a thing. <laughs> Had the whole car ride over here to think of some Foley sound to make that's like breaking. Ooh, could we, could, we could do like a bong rip or a sparking lighter. There's nothing that hasn't been done. Yeah. It's just, we got news, guys. Well, you know what hasn't been done? What's that? Um, new policy um, that is yes that is under the Biden administration. This it, hasn't been done before. A historic move for federal cannabis reform under the anti-drug president, uh, President Joseph R. Biden. Correct. Who historically has been so anti-weed that he's actually engineered most of the harmful policies that have impacted uh, people under the war on drugs on the war on, in the war on drugs over the last uh, forty or fifty years. He has historically sucked. Um, so it's been really interesting to watch this shift, this evolution happen. And here we are. That's here we why are. we're here. Yeah. Big um, news. on that tip about his timeline as a politician, you just wrote about it for Rolling Stone. Yes. It is on Rolling Stone right now. It is also at Weed and Grub on our Instagram in our link tree. Right. So if you want to read about his timeline as a policymaker, voter, and person who was supposed to be a civil, civil servant for our country, <laughs> um, you can read Mary Jane's article in Rolling Stone now. Right. Uh, yeah. And there's another piece coming out um, also that's sort of an explainer of just what the heck is going on uh, that I think will come out this weekend on Vox. That you wrote. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Oh, so it's a bit more of a deeper dig. That's sort of just like a, you know, for anyone who's like, what the, f- what, what's going on? <laughs> the the Rolling Stone piece is really a timeline of, of Biden from, from then to now. Yeah. And I think the important <clears throat> thing that I think one reason for me that I wanted to do this special episode with you is because as soon as this news dropped, um, Twitter was flourishing with a lot of takes and a lot of information and a lot of research and a lot of politicians and celebrities all um, beating their own drum for their mm-hmm. own agenda. And then it slowly devolved into so much nonsense that I couldn't keep track of what was actually fact anymore. I would love to talk to you about this because honestly, I wasn't on Twitter yesterday. I didn't have time because when the news happened i was in a i was getting my nails done to be honest like oh, i was let's in a, see them get them up yeah. on the camera oh, thanks yep it's a it's a great shout out annie nail art studio in uh, on beverly boulevard beverly who says beverly boulevard i'm One person. clearly not from here <laughs> One person. clearly new to a los angeles um but anyway i uh yeah i was i was there and so i hadn't checked my phone or anything and i got out checked my email and immediately had a couple you know they were like can you can you write about this for me um a couple of my editors and I was so stoked to start working on it right away and so I didn't spend apart from just kind of like taking the temperature of the Twitter sphere I wasn't really on Twitter that much yesterday and then you wrote to me last night and you're like you'd been on there and seeing all of the different takes so yeah, yeah I'd love to hear about that because as I was sort of digging and diving into researching the the timeline piece um yeah, I, I know that there was plenty going on with a lot of people coming out saying he's doing, you know, he's not doing enough or this is, you know, too little, too late or this is a huge fucking deal and it's going to change the world and everything or, in between. Or how funny is this meme I made on Photoshop? Dank Brandon. Dank Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, well, maybe I can sprinkle all of that in 
as we go through this episode so that okay. I don't like, you know, shoot my whole load at the, you know, in the I first mean, minute of. It's an episode of Weed and Grub. You got to shoot a load at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, how's it going, Mike? What up, Mary Jane? <laughs> Very uh, special Lucy uh, Goosey news episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, usually Weed and Grub is about comedy. Cannabis. Cooking. Culture. Calling shit out. And whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, which but today is uh, about breaking news. breaking news. Important historic news. To add context for everyone, because even on our uh, Instagram, some people said, oh, I had no idea about this because we have some listeners who don't live in America. Right. And so it's kind of hitting them the day after. Mm -hmm. Do you feel comfortable if I put you on the spot to explain a little bit about what is actually happening? Sure. So uh, Biden issued a statement um, posted on Twitter that he was going to issue some new guidelines for federal cannabis policy. It started with him saying that he was going to issue mass pardons for simple possession under federal um, guidelines. And simple possession is a very clear distinction because it just means that you only had a small amount that you were intending to consume and not sell or give to anyone else. So let me stop you right there. Right. Um, Let's say I'm in Alabama mm -hmm. and I get pulled over right. and I got a couple of grams and a roach on me and they find it. Yep. I could be thrown in prison. Yes, but that would be a state conviction or a state offense under Alabama law. He's talking about federal offenses and there are actually very few people who are in... Oh my God, my phone's ringing. I'm so sorry. There are very few people who are in prison um, at a federal level for simple possession. Most of the people who end up in federal prison on cannabis charges are there for felony charges, which means that they had um, the marijuana offense, but then they also maybe had a, a handgun, even if it was licensed and legal, that still constitutes a felony charge which is insane so you can have a tiny amount of marijuana and a legal licensed handgun and if you're caught with that by a federal agent or officer you can be charged with a felony or something like conspiracy to distribute which is what um stephanie, stephanie shepherd, shepherd yeah. who we had on the podcast check out our episode with stephanie shepherd who's now um a partnerships manager with the last prisoner project she was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison for a first time nonviolent offense with a conspiracy to distribute even though she had nothing, she, was, she never touched the plant. She literally got caught up in something where someone else was convicted and then she was convicted on a conspiracy charge with that individual. So the, the federal charge of simple possession, the fact that Biden is pardoning these people who have this federal offense really only means that it's going to affect about 6,500 people who were charged uh, over, I think, about 20 years. I can look up the date range. where, yeah. But it's it's really not that many people in in sort of it pales in comparison to the number of people nationwide who have been convicted of cannabis offenses right got it so it's the pinch of salt in the cookie dough recipe totally got it yeah there was an aclu um spokesperson who said it was a drop in the ocean of injustice oh what a wonderful quote very um, but also yo i love a rock that ripples its way through the lake well i think that's the thing right like i spoke to people when i was researching this p these articles who were like yeah it's a small step but any step is a step in the right direction and in some ways this is a big step because the president of the united states coming forward and saying he's going to pardon cannabis prisoners and he's going to also another part of it was that he said he's going to review the scheduling of marijuana as a class uh, a schedule one drug which means that it's a controlled substance that is on par with heroin or lsd he's going to have his people review that i mean it's the beginning of those steps but this is a huge fucking deal because it will have that ripple effect he also called on governors at the state level to pardon marijuana offenses state by state so he's setting an example and he is hopefully you know um going to make that sort of um statement that you know i'm i'm doing this and everyone should follow suit acknowledgement 
right. how good does it feel to be seen and acknowledged finally? Right. I mean, it's idea? what everyone's been screaming about under the drug war for the past 40 plus years. Right. Um, you know, and then part of the problem is also people are like, well, you fucking hypocrite, you know, Biden, you are the reason that so many of these criminal justice policies are so damn punitive and people truly had their lives ruined by some of the laws that he sponsored and in some cases wrote. So it's just, it's, it's a very thorny and tricky um, topic in a lot of ways for a lot of people who suffered. Well, would you rather dive into his timeline as a politician or do you want to add, because I interrupted you talking about all of the components of his tweet? Right. So he, yeah, it was sort of a three-parter. He said first, I mean, the the main part was he just announced, listen up, I'm going to say something about uh, federal cannabis policy. And everyone was like, oh my God. And he was like, first, mass pardons for any federal prison convictions for simple offense of cannabis. Second, he was calling on governors to do the same at the state level. Third, he was going to initiate a review of cannabis as a Schedule One controlled substance. And and then it kind of went on from there. I think it was just those three things that yeah. he called for. Yeah. Um, do you mind if we focus on the first part just a little bit more totally. before we get into his timeline? Because I, for everyone who is like, yes, that is great. But when it comes to Stephanie Shepard's case or all of these other cases, right. like... <laughs> In science, you have to take a baseline approach, right? Like you have to take like what is the most simple type of thing that we can research and study? We have to have a baseline. So if simple possession is that baseline, everything else can come from that foundational ground. Right. And I think it's like so So for, for, for a handgun conviction and all of these other felonies, one million percent. So now it's time to like push that fucking boulder up the hill but i i like he wasn't going to make that big grand slam swing there's no fucking politician who would ever do that because it would just disrupt the whole ecosystem of america and so like taking this simple possession and saying like we can build on this i think is really the most exciting part of that first stage I think so too. I think that that I think a control group maybe is what you're talking about of like the small, the sort of the sample of people who you can enact, you know, experiment on just for lack of a better term. Yeah. And I think that's also why I love smoking weed with you because you can like <laughs> hear my paragraph and maybe like, oh, you mean these two words? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, no, but I think you're totally right in that, you know, starting out with this sort of like, a relatively cautious group of people that he is pardoning. He's issuing those federal pardons for, it'll affect about 6,500 people, like I said, at the national level. And then also um, many thousands of people, evidently, under the D.C. statute because the District of Columbia falls under federal law. They don't have statehood. So the, the total number isn't known just yet. But I think, you know, his sort of cautiousness with it really is borne out in the bipartisan support that's come across like every single person you know I, I was writing about um representative nancy mace who's a republican who supports cannabis reform she came out and she was like i applaud the administration the Koch brothers famously conservative have a group called americans for prosperity who which issued a statement saying you know we applaud and praise the biden administration how interesting because he works with weldon angelos and uh snoop Right, right. They're very smart in their alliances, right? Yeah. Um, there was, you know, obviously the progressive candidates who are running for office like John Fetterman in Pennsylvania or um, the governors who have already sort of like been pro-cannabis reform. They all came out like Newsom, you know, saying this is a great job and we welcome working with the Biden administration. So across the board, apart from 
fuckface, and I don't say it lightly, Tom Cotton, mm-hmm. Senator Tom Cotton, who's a Republican out of Arkansas, was like, you know, this is just a smokescreen, uh, failed drug policy, you know, immigrants, borders, whatever. And it was just like, dude, sh- read the fucking room. Right. But also, read the room. yo, but also on the Tom Cotton <laughs> tip, um, had Biden done more than just simple possession, people like Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, Tom Cotton, they can come out and use fear-based tactics about like, oh, this person who's carrying a gun in their car and has drugs in their car, and now Biden wants to release them onto your streets. Like the amount of spin and double damage that him doing too much too fast could do, it's just not worth it long term. It is time to be careful, especially with the midterms coming up. I mean, you know, Kellyanne Conway was just on some outlet. I'm sure it was Fox probably saying that, you know, marijuana deaths um, had dr- doubled in the last year. You know, she was talking about drug deaths, specifically relating them to marijuana and doing all sorts of scaremongering, scaremongering and, and fear tactics. So it is a time to be careful. It is a time to, you know, choose words carefully if you're running for office. Not that Biden is running for office. I mean, that's another thing that um, Dave Holland, who's a friend of the podcast, a wonderful attorney um, on the East Coast, he was like, you know, this isn't really going to affect Biden per se. This may buoy up some Democrats for the midterm elections, but this is uh Dave said, you know, he really sees this as Biden sort of cementing his legacy as a progressive long term and that it, it really isn't so much about getting out the vote. So it's just, you know, hot takes all over the place. I don't not that I think Dave's Dave's is an informed take, but um, there are lots of different ways to look at it and, and sort of, you know, read what this means. Well, it's interesting because the the uh, I saw a little clip from Fox News. And all they're able to do right now because of how carefully he chose his words, but they felt the need to get something out that would bash him, mm-hmm. was the idea of what could this be a gateway for? Right. And so going back to this like 1760s drug propaganda about gateway uh, cannabis being a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. And so really- Which just, was a talking point of Biden's for a very long time. One million percent. So we'll get into the time of present. I just want to say like- the fact that it was chosen so carefully and simple possession is the first step allows places like Fox News to kind of just be trying to hit a baseball with a wiffle ball bat. Right. You right. Know? Well, and honestly, you know, in my maybe you, you've seen some more than I have, but like uh, in my sort of scrolling through Twitter to sort of see some of the reviews uh, and, and views from the right. Uh, suspiciously quiet. For instance, like Pennsylvania, um, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, John Fetterman, who's running for Democratic Senate position is up against dr oz hi everybody that guy the fucking you know like you just sounded like the simpsons dr nick is that based on dr oz i think so (laughs) i think it's like the same it's like the cartoon version of the guy who's like hi dr oz here take this potion and it'll cure everything just give me your money (laughs) but dr he's the one who like went to the supermarket in pennsylvania and was like oh these crudités are unaffordable and then everyone was like it's a veggie tray but wife like you're not even from here get the fuck out so anyway dr oz has been very quiet on all of this he's got nothing to say about it because fetterman has been pro pot this whole time pro cannabis reform in an awesome way and they've been hammering him for it and he's like uh well look who i've got backing me up now mm-hmm. the big dog dad you know yeah and that's, my big brother yeah right you know dank brandon yeah yeah which we should get into because you know uh in in speaking with dave holland and and other activists uh oh mark producer mark just let's put up a grow, let's, let's grow, grow brandon. brandon oh my god there's yeah <laughs> so <laughs> there's they take so a t-shirt many. cannon at an arena and they're just shooting blunts into the crowd that would Fuck. be a dream yes let's let's go let's grow um the uh 
you know, like the the Dank Brandon meme, which proliferated all over everyone's timeline, which is, you know, what I've started out the, the Rolling Stone piece with, uh, was so crazy because, you know, historically he was known as Drug War Joe to many people in the cannabis community. Yeah. Well, to everyone, everywhere. Yeah. Like his track record is shit. Yeah. But it's did you shit. know the actual nickname Drug War Joe? No. That's... Like that was how damn. people talked about him. God Tom damn. Angel from Marijuana Moment has a tweet that I stumbled across from like three or four years ago before he ran for the presidency that was like, oh, God, please don't please don't run Drug War Joe. Like we don't wow. need we don't need your failed policy on cannabis you, you know and criminal justice reform at, at the presidential level we just don't fucking need it so it's been really interesting because here we are you know i read someone uh wrote something about how you know nixon was famously sort of anti-china and then was the one who sort of brokered a deal with china um under his administration for trade and so famously maybe biden will be the super anti-weed candidate that actually finally gets something done at the federal level i don't know it remains to be seen it's a good way to get me to vote Democrat. Sure. Yeah. I mean, were you going to vote otherwise anyway? Aren't you sort of like... No, but I'm so exhausted that even when it comes to midterms, I'm like... <sighs> right. Really? Yeah. Well, do we something that tired. I care about and show me that I made the right decision last election. Yeah. Everyone has to vote this one, though. Truly, yep. truly. But not just you know whether or not you care about legalizing cannabis. There are so many other things on the ballot that we just don't need to get into right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But truly, please, please, please make sure you're registered to vote and then get out and vote and then tell everyone you know to vote. And I will come and smoke you out after you do. Okay? That's awesome. Shazam. <laughs> um, um, so do you want to get into his timeline from your Rolling Stone article? Sure. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't know a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it goes all the way back, all the way to the top. Nothing can stop me. It's all the way up. <laughs> um Wow. Well okay. Shout out Stardog Pie from Seven Ten Labs. It's really good. <laughs> also shout out Liz. Let's go get Prince Street Pizza. Yeah. So he was a Delaware guy. He was a Delaware starting guy. in nineteen eighty one. A Maryland guy. Mm. Maryland Delaware guy. Yeah. Do you mind if I just read some of what you wrote? Sure. Okay. Nineteen eighty one. Can you do like a voice? I am. Like a news voice? Like a 1981, <laughs> Delaware Senator Joseph R. Biden begins to exert his influence over drug policy and mass incarceration as a ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, which oversees the Department of Justice. He created, with others, a Department of Justice and Defense, the FBI, the Coast Guard, and the Internal Revenue Service, one person labeled a drug czar to rule them all. Right. What does that mean? It means that, um, so the, the, a lot of people say that he coined the term drug czar, which we've all heard. Um, I, I remember several of them being terrible throughout my lifetime. Um, but I think it goes back to the Nixon administration, actually. I think Nixon was the first one to sort of say that. But uh, yeah, Biden, as the uh, a ranking member and then chair of the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee, which oversees the Department of Justice, he wanted this like one person in charge to coordinate all of these agencies talking to each other to best enforce the most draconian drug policies possible. Right. I feel like that he <laughs> saw that as because I, I I truly believe every pol politician is there for power and their own personal gain. It doesn't matter how much they want the people of our people country to flourish. That he's a really good guy. Look, yo, he saw a fucking way in and to fucking <laughs> surround himself with a bunch of different departments and a bunch of different people and sure. they could all grow together. He aligned himself with something. He just saw a fucking like he, he, he saw a door and he walked fucking through it. 
I, I don't actually want to get into his like what he decided or what he didn't because right, I have I'm no speaking way of for knowing. him. I yeah, know, I but no I like speaking for him. I, I have definitely read things about Biden that make me believe that he's a deeply good person. I really? truly have. Okay. And that is in direct conflict with the absolute uh, unforgivable harms that he visited on communities with his drug policy. So like I can hold those two things in my head at the same time. And I think I just want to kind of acknowledge that I really, truly do believe that very good people can be super fucking misguided and do absolutely shit-tastic things. I love that because it allows me to be educated and be furious about his past, but also be thankful for where we are today and then look towards the future with hope. Yeah. And so I I can agree with that, but I can get fired up and be like, you motherfucker. You motherfucker, you have to. But if, if... if you don't believe on some level that someone can actually truly shift their beliefs, where the fuck are we ever going to be as a human race? Like people can update, people can grow, people can learn and get better. I don't know his true intentions. I do think that he was just truly severely misguided. I don't think he enjoys people suffering in the way that I think other people who truly are in power because I think they do like people suffering. Ruling by fear. Yeah, yeah. I do. And many of them are in the Republican Party, honestly. I'm sure there are some in the Democratic Party, too. So I don't know. Like, yeah, I just don't want to guess too much at that. But, you know, he's he's done fucked up shit. So so he um, was a part of the drug czar. Um, he created the role. Yeah. Yeah. He created yeah. the position. And then um, that was in 81. Mm-hmm. And then three years lady, lady, three years three later. Three years lady, have you... once, twice, <laughs> three times a lady. A lady bird, if you listen to our last episode. Um <laughs> And then three years later, 84 to 86, Mm -hmm. he worked to pass during the Reagan administration the Comprehensive Control Act, which furthered federal drug trafficking penalties and civil asset forfeiture, which we've talked about a lot on here because it's still happening and it's so fucked up. That's when the government gets to take your shit without proving that you did anything wrong. No warrant. Just come on in and take our stuff. Yep. That's ours now. Fuck you. We think that you might have done something, so we're just going to take everything you own. And we might give it back to you, but it's going to be a process for many years yeah you're probably not gonna get it back bye fuck you exactly so that's what that is so he helped with that (laughs) yeah and then he also co-sponsored the 1986 anti-drug abuse act Mm -hmm. which uh, created new mandatory minimum sentences for drugs and you pointed out there was a big difference between a specific crack sentence and a specific powdered cocaine sentence yeah yeah yeah. i mean i didn't point everyone has pointed this out because it was one of the fucking worst things that he did um through sponsoring that uh that act basically made it 100 to 1 penalty so you could have 500 grams of cocaine that would get you the same sentence that five grams of crack would, which obviously meant that people who were impoverished and, you know, m- most suffering from... Uh, Unless you're like upper middle class, uh, straight, married and Christian or Catholic and white. Yeah, yeah. Like if you were a rich white Wall Street guy, fucking who cares? Like get caught with a hundred grams of cocaine and nothing will happen to you. But if you are, you know, someone who's like living in the inner city in fucking Baltimore and you're, you know, poor... And you get caught with a fucking crack rock, you're going to jail for life. Yep. You know, I mean, not life, but it was it was uh, an insane thing that, um, yeah, this the and it also fueled an increase in the disparity in race in prisons, like the statistics of black and brown men being imprisoned at a greater, much greater ratio than um, their white counterparts, like skyrocketed during this time. It's so interesting to learn all of this and having known some of this but not being alive yet like not being a um 
a thing on the earth. You were a thing on the earth, but you were a little a little tiny guy. Soft spot, eyes rolling in the head. A little tiny guy. Um, I don't even know if I knew what hands were. You were like a Muppet baby. <laughs> <laughs> Picture Mike as a Muppet baby. I'm doing it right now. You're kind of cute. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what the um, pulse of the country was at this time. Because... Oh, this is like Willie Horton with a knife fucking, you see a black face, you see a crackhead. If you've never heard that, that's Jello Biafra. Oh, okay. Um, oh, my God. That's a... Uh... Yeah, it's a fucking amazing track that it was just the time when um, like music, uh, NWA, all of that kind of like punk rock fucking everyone was rebelling against the Just Say No era because we were having that Just Say No shit shoved down our throats by the Reagan administration who came up with the whole, you know, be afraid of. Yeah. You know, everything around you, especially anyone who might have crack cocaine. Wow. Uh, story. Man, I don't have the answer for this, but it does make me wonder how many of those Reagan type people are now Trump people just turned up the dial quite a bit. Like, are these, is it same shit, different day? And like, we're speaking to the same types of people. It just keeps growing progressively more intense. It's definitely all the people who would have been and are currently now on next door. Sure. It is all the people who like to operate <laughs> from the fact Who's that they're, they're sidewalk scared of yeah. anything that is not completely 100% in alignment with who they are and what they do and what they like and anything that is remotely fucking weird to them mm-hmm. is terrifying and is trying to kill them and take their family and loved ones. Got it. So wh- whether that was in the 80s or now, it's all the same. It's fear. It's the same people who believed in the satanic panic, which are the same. I mean, Q- the QAnon believers right now truly believe that there's an international cabal of people who are trying to like eat children, right? The same deal happened in the fucking satanic panic in the 80s when I was a kid. It's it's all the same. It's all the same people. It's all the same fear. It's all the same people who stoke that fear for power. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people in St. Louis today where um, if anyone but like a well put together white person is in the same aisle as them grocery shopping, they're like, I'm being followed. I'm being followed. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. And they leave their cart. Like, I'm not going to name any of the names, but they left their cart and ran out of the store in a panic because um, they're fucking lunatics. Well, it's not just like, here's the thing. I think that those people, if they were invited to sit with the discomfort for a moment and then turn toward the thing that makes them uncomfortable, whether it is someone who looks different from them, being, you know, some sheltered white person in a supermarket actually turning to their black neighbor and being like, hi, how are you? Whatever the fuck that is. If they were invited to sit with that discomfort in, on any level, we would all be so much better off. But that's exactly what everything is serving to do right now is like make us like, you know, harden that discomfort, calcify it, make sure that we don't ever want any reason to leave that bubble. And it's yeah, that's what's so fucking hard about it. Yeah. So, well, on that tip. Sorry, I'm so high <laughs> on that. But on that tip, like breaking that discomfort and that war on drugs is exactly right. like what this timeline is all about because that bubble was being built and this yep. is a fucking to go back to the simpsons this is a crack in the bubble over springfield oh how about that right have you now, seen the movie yeah. i have spider pig is fucking yeah all-time favorite <laughs> <laughs> spider pig spider pig does everything that a spider pig can <laughs> and he's walking him on the ceiling yeah it's, it's the best it's great everyone's seen it <laughs> So let's this just, is let's just the... recap the plot of the Simpsons movie. This is the only podcast where you're going to hear about the war on drugs being compared to the Simpsons, motherfuckers. Fuck this Biden timeline. Let's talk about the Simpsons. Leave a goddamn review. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. So, yes, he has uh, the 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 last act that you talked about. I can't remember what it the was comprehend- called. Um, the Comprehensive the fucked uh, up Control Act. Act. The Comprehensive Control Act. Thank you. There's so many to hold in your fucking head. Yes. Yes. So then he sponsored the... Um, 
1986 Anti-Drug Abuse Act. Oh, no, you, we just talked about that. Sorry. Then he spelled the 1988 one, mm-hmm. which basically like firmed up mandatory minimums and just made everything suck a little harder. And then officially established the Office of National Drug Control Policy, which was finally helmed by his much um, desired drug czar, who I think the first one was Bill Bennett. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Not Bill Bailey, guy who does cash cab. Not Bill. Not Bill Oakley. Not Bill Bailey. Okay. Bill Walton. Not really Billy, good. Billy Eichner. Oh. No. None of these Billies. Okay. Not Bill Billy Bennett. Strings for anyone who loves bluegrass. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you got one not more. Not Bill Hader. <laughs> not Buffalo Bill. <laughs> Bill Bennett. Not, not Billy Eilish. Definitely not her. She would never. Okay. Carry on. Oh, this is so fun. Okay. Um, and so in 89, he just kept cooking. He He's kept like, cooking. It, it, it's working for him. But wait, He's it gets climbing worse. these movements. The Keep... next one to come is the worst one. Are we talking about with uh, President uh, George H.W. Bush? The oh, oh, that was, yeah, that was an interesting little moment, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. But I was going to skip that one to go directly into the 90s because, like, the 80s yeah. were all about firming up all of those policies, test, like, again, baseline, test, test, test until right. now we've got a fucking lock on the vault. Yep, exactly. You know? Tap That's the how the 80s felt. No feedback. It's all good. Yeah. Well, there was that interesting moment, though, that in 19, 19- so the Office of um, the um, National Drug Control Policy had been established, the drug czar was in place, and George H.W. Bush takes off. And he, in his first televised appearance, basically called for um, escalating the war on drugs and like, you know, spending more money on it. And then Biden was the one to give the rebuttal. You know how when the president gives like a televised address, there's always someone from the other party who comes on and is like, you're wrong. We're right. Right. Biden was that fucking guy with Bush. And he went on to criticize his plan to escalate the war on drugs because he said it wasn't harsh enough. He basically went on national TV to be like, there's not enough money to lock up these people. Like, there's there's the quote here. He said, um, the president's plan is not tough enough, bold enough, or imaginative enough to meet the crisis at hand. It doesn't include enough police officers to catch the violent thugs, enough prosecutors to convict them, enough judges to sentence them, or enough prison cells to put them away for a long time. This so, is like a direct call for increased incarceration. And an increased police force to get that incarceration That's popping. right. Fund the police. Whoa. So his critique was more. Yeah. And in fairness, this was a time, like we're talking about, you know, that crazy era where Democrats were like, they wanted to be seen as tough on crime. Weirdly, you know, but wow. that was what was happening at the time. Democrats had been sort of vilified by Republicans as being soft as, you know, aren't they always? But um, right, at this but time, also... their, their response was to, and then they created this fucking crime bill, which I think we're going to talk about right now, right? We will. I just wanted to like quote Bill Hicks because like- Another the, bill. The, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the idea of like the Republicans and Democrats, he always said like, do you want the puppet on the left or do you want the puppet on the right? Like it was this great Bill Hicks bit. And he just talks about how voting doesn't matter, even though it does. But his point is, uh, they're all in the same ship and a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so the very idea that this dude is president and then the Democrats come in and be like, yeah, but we want more of that is like such a calculated, disgusting two parties, actually one party move in my mind. Can I just say something about that metaphor of being we're all on the same ship? The, the whole thing. And it doesn't matter if you vote. It does. Ma- if you're all on the same ship and every single person on that ship stands on the right hand side of that ship, the ship will sink. Yeah. Okay. You need to actually vote about where you're standing on the fucking ship, guys. Yes, it's all the same. And yes, we're all going the same place. And yes, we're all bound together inextricably forever. And none of it fucking matters. And, you know, we're all infinite loops. It fucking matters where you stand on the ship. You know, take, take a stance and commit because if everyone stands on one side or the other, it's not going to be balanced. You know, 
I fucking love that. That's so good because it makes me question where do I stand on the ship? Where do you stand on the fucking ship? You on the poop deck? You in the crow's nest? Mm-mm. Do no. I just, just say ship parts now? Yeah, I, this is a weird flex all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, I've actually worked on one. Did you know I was on an Alaskan fishing boat for four summers? Anyway, anyway. Are you on the bow going to cast a line ashore? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Mary Jane goes to the next event and her hair is tied in different knots so that she can be like, oh, this knot. How oh, this funny. is a bowlin. Mm, yes, this is a rolling hitch. This is a clove hitch. Good point. Diluted. Oh man, <laughs> the best. I just love. I love hopping on your jokes, Mike. You know me. Nineteen eighty four. Ninety four. Um, crime bill. The nineteen nineteen ninety four crime bill is Biden's most significant contribution to the expansive policing on the drug war. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act, and it increased that funding for police that he yep. called for during the Bush administration um, for police, prisons, and federal prison population. It also newly applies the federal death penalty to 60 crimes, including drug trafficking on a large scale, yep. drive-by shootings that result in death it also made it illegal to or uh, punishable by death to murder a federal law enforcement officer that was another thing mm-hmm. there was like 60 new crimes added to the death penalty list that's a lot it's a lot it also yo if you look at these timelines i think it's very interesting to think about each presidency as its own timeline where all of them are thinking so long term mm-hmm. that like through the 80s their plan fucking worked and then to have biden up there talking talking with um, the new president, mm-hmm. and then four years later, enforcing the thing that he was beating the drum, being like, these guys are the enemy and oh. we need this. Like, it's working on the biggest fucking level Look, in such long-term heinous degrees. Yes, you're so right. And and we cannot ignore like the fact that Mitch McConnell is the most successful, arguably, ever at playing the long game. Look at the Supreme Court right now. Look at what he has going on because he did the deal with every devil he met. He danced with every single one. Yeah. And he's stoked. It's all worked out just as he wanted. It has been, a, and he's been in power for one million years. Mm-hmm. So, well, he um, gains he gains a longevity of life through um, sucking the souls of good people. That's right. Yeah, he's that's the right. Shang Tsung of American <laughs> policy. Okay, this this was truly uh, the the craziest thing that I think you know to to learn about Biden's record though is that he, um, you know, wrote this law that specifically harmed. Like, you know, generations of people and then bragged about it for a very long time afterwards. And then when he started trying to distance himself from it, people could directly point to the fact that not only did you write it and get it passed, you were also very proud of it. So this is something that's been really hard for him to back away from. And especially when he was running for president in 2020 and he was running on a campaign platform of marijuana, you know, decriminalization and expungement of records everyone was like dude what the fuck are you talking about yeah get the fuck out yeah and then having it not happen for the first half it seemed like was immediately like not only are you a liar but everything that well the first half of his presidency presidency. right right i mean we just talked last week with next week's guest about how he was doing fuck all yeah you know glad to be wrong a bit yeah well just you know it's nice to be yeah out of date by a day you were fucked until yesterday, and now everything's rosy. I mean, people are, you know. Yeah. It's a game changer for a lot of people. It really is. Yeah. Um, before we get to now and the future, so 94, dude just tightens it all up. And um, 2003, it's only interesting to me 
because I um, was because <laughs> of the name of the yeah yeah the as somebody who the first time he took Molly he um, went into a bathroom stall at an ice hockey rink in St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, put a double stack up his butt because he heard it would kick in quicker, Whoa. and then had a great time dancing on the ice rink with all of my friends. Mm-hmm. The rave act mm-hmm. not okay. The rave act was yeah it was wild so basically he just kept at it constantly like strengthening uh legislation that was you know harming people drug prison drug war prisoners let's take and- all thought freedom the idea of breaking out of that working nine to five grind anything that seems good and joyous we are going to squash it if it involves alternative thinking let's demonize weed it's a gateway drug it's going to harm your families it's bad for communities it's all of these terrible things yeah so that's what he's up to in the background and then yeah in 2003 he was the chief sponsor of this <laughs> rave act which was basically like let's protect the children and that was an act that was about making it a, um, an offense to like I could be a person who had a warehouse and a bunch of people would just show up and have a party and if they were on drugs and caught I could be held liable for that so it just made uh, party culture not cool and the aclu actually declared that uh it was a chill on free speech and it harmed the very people that it was meant to help as a piece of legislation like it's not protecting the children it's hurting the children it's hurting the youth it's hurting people who are just trying to go out and dance right all that's left is um drinking and smoking right which is real good for the economy and huff and glue in some places sure whatever you fucking need to do to get away so yeah, he did that in 2003. It was enacted as a piece of different legislation, as a rider. Mm-hmm. Then in 2008, yeah. um, he leaves the Senate to become VP. Right. At which point he's on the biggest platform in right. the world. So this is when he starts sort of like softening his stance and saying that um, he wants to actually reform the prison sentences for crack cocaine from that um, 100 to 1 disparity. And he actually worked on legislation that was signed into law by Obama when Biden was vice president that was called the Fair Fair Sentencing Act, which the ACLU came out in favor of. And they said, you know, this does actually make a difference. It does um, harm, uh, do some work to repair some of the harms, but it's not nearly enough. No. Ah. Man, I think I'm going to be thinking about forgiveness for the rest of the day because of this episode, because all I'm picturing Biden doing is climbing up a fire ladder and lighting fires on each floor as he's climbing up. And then once he's on the roof, he's like, and now it's time for the water. Yeah. And then he's like, and now I'll save the building. And now I dumped water on it. It's like, you're the one who lit it on the fire in the first place. Yeah, dank Brandon. <laughs> and he just gets in a helicopter and is whisked away with his laser eyes. Like, no, you don't get to do that, dude. Right. Yeah, you built the building that you set on fire and now you're flying. But anyway, you know, right. we, but, but we at take the same what we Time. Yes, but at the same time, mm-hmm. um, you know, he he's poured water on it a bit. Right. So, yeah. So, like, un, you know, no uh, cannabis reform happened uh, under the Obama administration. It was absolutely fucking impossible. Can you imagine Barack Obama trying to actually legalize cannabis? There was no way. He got the Affordable Care Act pushed through. He did a lot of other cool stuff. He also did some stuff that's not so great, but he, he didn't get the cannabis reform passed. Donald Trump, I don't even want to talk about that fucking guy. He made our country into, uh, what's your joke? Uh, we're all stressed for less. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's angry. No one wants to be here and there's clothes all over the ground. <laughs> the most apt description that I've ever heard Thank of you. the uh, Trump administration, uh, the term yeah. of four fucking years. And then Biden came in. He took two years. He was very fucking quiet about it. He made a lot of people, cannabis activists and policymakers and industry folks, very um, angry slash nervous, stressed the fuck out about whether or not he was actually going to do anything. 
And lo and behold, a month before the uh, midterms, he actually does something. Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. And that's great. Like, it really is good news. It's massive. Yeah. It's such a big, cool deal. It like, really is. I, I'm very angry about a lot of things in the past. Mm-hmm. But to stay present is how things actually get done. Right. So, um, so I'm very happy today. Cool. As long as um, it's... But, and I've learned it from you, it's so important to, like, know where you came from. And like learn the history to know how we got here. Right. I think this is the most important thing is to hold others, uh, yourself and others accountable for, you know, if if you have evolved to a position where you are fucking enlightened, always remind people that you weren't always that way because it helps other people grow too. I think that's what's so powerful about Stephanie Shepard sharing her story is that, you know, she certainly could just go and live as a private citizen and enjoy her fucking life. But she is working as an activist and an advocate for prison reform because she suffered under arguably what Biden enacted as these punitive, you know, laws that had her in prison for 10 years. And she is choosing to remind people that that's where she ended up and that now she is out and she's doing great fucking work, but she's holding both up for us to look at. Yeah. And that's super important no matter what you're doing in life. I think it's just to always say like, I'm, I'm adapting, I'm evolving, I'm learning. And Biden has done that. And he's been, you know, pretty vocal about it. Um, he's also told some lies. He's like, you know, oh, I never said that cannabis was a bad thing or that anyone should go to, you know, whatever. It's like, dude, we can see your track record. We can literally look it up. Right. But um, I think it's great. I do, too. Um, there are like a handful of other things I wanted to bring up as talking points for this very special episode. <laughs> um, one is you keep going back to vote. Fucking vote. Fucking vote. Vote, vote, vote. But if we look at the 80s and 90s, and who got Biden where he was and then gave him bigger, bigger platforms for his like power to grow. Mm-hmm. Well, then that started with the voters, I would have to think. Right. So it started uh, with like voting him into the Senate. And so like, right. where was Delaware at that time in the 80s where they were like, yo, get this guy in here and like, let's get things cooking. And then he only got like his choices only got more and more reinforced throughout mm-hmm. all of it so i would also say it's more it's important to vote but i am i'm also like mad at the voters in the 80s and like how this all fucking started well yeah i mean you're always going to be mad at all the people who fucked shit up but yeah yeah i can't i just like i think about yeah. somebody like but like you know yeah yeah you hit the you hit the hamster thing and a pellet comes out right yeah like, like right we're pretty basic things mm-hmm. so if he keeps getting if he keeps being allowed to hit that level right don't, more don't reward out, bad behavior yeah. If, yeah if you see your candidate that you elected uh acting in a way that you don't fucking agree with write to them i mean you can actually write to your elected u.s representatives you can even write to the president if you want to mm-hmm. he might not get back to you but that is also your right as a fucking citizen that's another point actually about this law this mass pardon law it doesn't apply to non-citizens so any um, person who's not a citizen who was swept up in a federal cannabis offense, they're they're not going to have their record expunged, and that's a distinction that um, someone that I spoke to made that I think is actually really important. Very. And another place where Biden was obviously being very careful because he doesn't want anyone to have a reason to come for him on immigration policies, especially. Uh, 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 But anyway, did you um, see that video going around about Halloween and fentanyl from Fox News? No. Uh, Well, you know, (laughs) I won't get into it, but they connect fentanyl and Halloween candy to the borders being open to Biden to immigration. Oh, my God. It is a wild 30 seconds of connection from this person wearing a Trump sweatshirt saying it's all on Fox News. It's like, you know, some red string shit. Yeah. QAnon bingo. Thick. Thick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
yeah. So I think, yes, we definitely, that's part of it is not only voting the people that you want to see in positions of authority into those positions and hold them accountable, write to them, call them, do all the stuff. They're supposed to answer your calls. Yeah. They have, to, you know, like literal just landline numbers where you can be like, hello, Diane Feinstein, I think you should retire. That kind of stuff. You can do that. And phone banking, especially ahead of the midterms to get people on your side of the boat is a, is a huge, a huge way that you can do something without um, shelling out money and donating to candidates. I have a lot of really good friends who spend a lot of time on the phone just talking to people. Shout out my best friend in the world, Joel Hadley. Yeah. Phone banked heavy. Yep. Phone banks heavy. Shout out Mike Daisy, friend of the pod, who is another person who's spent hours of his time. You know, just talking to people. And it's not even persuading people. It's literally giving them information. I'm always surprised at how little information I have about my candidates. I'll go to the fucking polls and I'll be like, wait, who? What is that? I don't share share it. I don't know if I it's crazy how much education we all need. So um that's another thing that's just, you know, like you can do. You just tell people, talk about it, talk about policies that you care about, whether it's protecting trans rights or gay marriage or abortion rights or legalizing weed, whatever the fuck it is, like educate yourself and then just don't stop talking about it. I love loud and proud people who are right now like using Twitter as their platform. Olivia Juliana is an amazing abortion rights activist from Texas. I think she's 19. She's just like fucking wiping the floor with Republicans who are trying to come after her and using it to raise money. Um, I can't think of anyone who's doing it as as well as she is in the weed space, but it's just great. It's well, exciting. let's drop her Twitter handle in the show description then. Yeah, it's something that I'm passionate about with the midterms coming up as, you know, in addition to obviously cannabis reform, which you and I are so passionate about. And that's yes. why we do this pod. I'm also passionate about um, reproductive rights and, you know, all the shit that's being affected at a very high level right now. Yeah. So I had to squeak it in. Damn had right. To. It's important. Yeah. Um, My last part of this whole thing, mm -hmm. we talked about his past and how it's um, pretty gross. And then he <laughs> changed his views as he became VP and mm -hmm. was working with Barack. Nothing could happen. Now he's in a position of power and he's putting his money where he's, his mouth is. And he's changed his tune, right. more or less. Then in the second half of his uh, his policy, he says, we are looking into, like, I'm not going to get the verbiage right, but it was also like, it was almost like he floated the new Spider-Man to see if people would be excited about yeah. it. And that's, it's actually arguably the most important thing that he said was that he is looking into mm -hmm. the possibility of at some point descheduling or rescheduling. I mean, he didn't use either word, but he's looking at the the status of cannabis, of marijuana under federal law. And several people that I spoke to were like, well, that's the real fucking news. Yeah, it yeah. is. Exactly. Because that's he's the, the one who, who made all the schedules very scheduled. And so <laughs> right. the yeah. idea of him being like, and now we may look into henceforth within the terms that seem deemable inside of the conversation as we look forward. Yeah. Right? I mean, yes, for sure. He took up the Nixon administration's, you know, fucking Controlled Substances Act and ran with it. Mm -hmm. And now he's like, maybe we're going to back away from it, but we're going to see. So, yeah, he basically said that he's going to initiate a review. And then the Department of Justice immediately followed up with a statement saying, we're going to work with the Department of Health and we're going to figure it out. And supposedly they use the word expeditiously, which I think means quickly. So we'll see. Cool. We'll fucking see. I mean, OK, so there's two things about that. If we're going to talk about long term, I mean, the dude is um, hopefully planting seeds for the next generation of Democrats who are going to be running. Right. So like even if he didn't get weed federally legal or whatever our pie-in-the-sky dream is mm -hmm. in the same way that in 84 he like did one policy and then in 89 he did another and then he had that shit on lock 10 years later right 
this sounds like the type of seed being planted for 10 years from now for the next generation of our political leaders who we want to actually make that happen possibly. Yeah, that's right? a great point. I think so. And I think it's really important that we water the seed because we shouldn't just assume that there's no going back. There's always going back. They just repealed Roe v. Wade after 50 fucking years of precedent. There's always going back. There's always a way to repeal rights. So yes, he's planting the seed and there's this incredible crop of candidates coming up who Republican and Democratic. I mean, there's across the aisle support for cannabis reform and it's really fucking cool so lots of people who want to work on this for the good and then there are crazy assholes like tom cotton who are like sure. right yeah oh there's always going to be weeds in the sunflowers field, yeah you yeah know? there's always going to be a fucking ted cruz sliming around so <laughs> little slugs pour a little, little salt on those motherfuckers around there's always gonna be a josh holly raising a fist and then running away you know there's like the, these are who these people are they're you know they're showing themselves they showed themselves a long time ago we know who you are Mm -hmm. Go fuck yourselves. More people want this than not. And we definitely, um, you know, are working to end the fucking war on drugs. Yeah. And long term, long term, big picture, it looks like it, it, it can all fall in the place. Yes. Yeah. It can all fall in the peas. In the peas. Um, yep. Is there is there anything else? Because like one of the tweets I, I was looking at yesterday was like, this all sounds very exciting, but what can I do? Is there anything besides voting and things like that that um, you found in writing these articles that yeah. is also like important to touch on? For sure. Like learn what your local and state policies are regarding cannabis and then, you know, start there. Uh, I just learned about a Birmingham, uh, Alabama, I think it was the mayor who was so tired of how slowly um, cannabis reform was grinding in Birmingham, even after they had passed some laws that were going to expunge records, that he just issued a blank blanket pardon for, I think, 15,000 convictions. It was just like, fuck this. I'm over this. You know, so wow. there are candidates doing it at a local level and state level. So, you know, look at look into what's going on in your backyard and figure out, you know, start start pushing there. You know, it's a big boulder that we have to roll up. Ahead. I don't know. I don't even want to make a metaphor. No. But, yeah. Let's not use boulder. I know I used it earlier, but that makes me think of Sisyphus and I don't want to associate this right. with Sisyphus. But yeah, like I think, you know, just start start local. Um, also, just like make friends who love weed. Like I think that's the biggest part of what you and I have found is that connecting with people in the community you know, even when you feel like it's an impossible fucking task, you can always sit down and smoke a joint with a friend and it feels mm -hmm. like it's going to be okay. And if you don't fuck with weed, um, maybe you fuck with someone who does fuck with weed. You definitely fuck with someone who fucks with weed. That's yeah. 100 right? percent. So, you know, you don't have to hit that joint, but appreciate the gift that like, they're offering you. My friends you. smoke weed. Mm, they all do. You're just not invited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to end on that. Some shit talking, but oh, damn, that's I'll good. talk shit. This was a <laughs> shit talking episode, and also a celebration. It is yeah. a celebration, and you're totally invited. Come smoke with us. What the fuck? Anytime. Anytime. Um, anything else that I missed from uh, your nope. your learnings? I think that was so big. And there's so much more. I mean, this is just going to be an ongoing thing. We just needed to drop a special because the news came out and we were like, oh, my God, let's get in the studio. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Um, thank you for making it happen. And um, yeah, thanks for hanging with me on a you know, random non-recording day to get this out because uh, this is what we love and that's why we do it. 100%. And if you're listening to our regularly scheduled episode next Wednesday after this drops, just realize that we recorded it before this one. It was in the time machine and we didn't <laughs> fucking know. So, cool. Uh, we'll have to put a disclaimer at the top of that one. <laughs> um, 
let's go get a sandwich let's go get a big sandwich Ooh, it's gonna be sloppy i just watched a youtube video of a guy who um makes a very specific sauce for his garlic bread roast beef sandwiches oh shit i'm like six minutes into it and it's a 17 minute video so i um am craving a roast beef that's my creamed corner right there (laughs) (laughs) our new sec our new segment yeah (laughs) horny segment is that what you said no yeah it's our new horny segment it's just where i hear about something that makes me excited Cream's Corner. <laughs> All right. That's a weird way to end this, but let's go. I love it. Um, Please share this episode far and wide. Uh, The intention with all of these is to educate and entertain, and I'm really proud of uh, our country right now. And I'm really proud to have this platform with you that we get to talk about things that are important to us. Awesome. Thank um, you. Leave a review and subscribe and watch it on YouTube and follow us at Weed and Grub and read Mary Jane's article and email us at wg at weedandgrub.com. Awesome. Everything's in the show notes. And thank you all for hanging with us uh, all this time. It's been really cool to, uh, you know, build this listenership. And yeah, like you say, have this platform because I'm really excited to cover next steps. Like it feels like we just did a like, did it, did it, did it, did it, Yep. Yeah. We just leveled up. Yeah, we did. So we'll see you here next time, buds. Bye, everyone. Bye.